Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to Help for HD Live, the first podcast created for families living with Huntington's and juvenile Huntington's disease. Don't forget to find us on iTunes, Blog Talk, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. You can also search over 500 archived episodes and other projects at helpforhd.org. To watch us in person, find Help for HD TV on YouTube and subscribe and ring the bell for notifications on new content. Help for HD Live is going on air in 5, 4, 3, 2, Hello, everyone, and thanks so much for tuning in to Help for HD Live. This show is made possible because of a grant from Teva Pharmaceuticals, the Griffin Foundation, and HSG. Um, I'm your host, Lauren Holder, and today I've got Jill on with me, um, who is directly affected by HD, and we're going to be talking about grief and depression during the holidays. Um, it's a very, um, very close subject to my heart with, um, you know, my dad dying in January and this being the first um, first Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's without him, um, and it's been very difficult, and it's been a very um, depressing time for me. And I had read an article recently um, from Jill's husband, Carlos, and uh, talking about her depression. So she was very willing to come on and join me so we could um, discuss that during the holidays. So thank you so much for joining me today, Jill. Hi, thanks for having me. So how about you start with, um, I'm okay, (laughs) hanging in there. Um, How about we start with a little bit like who you are, Um, just give us a little bit of a background. Okay, Um, my name is Jill Briseño. I am a wife um, and mother of a 24-year-old who is also gene positive, Um, and my father had Huntington's, and um, it runs in my family, so we have a lot of, sorry, words aren't great all the time when you have Huntington's, so my uh, word recall isn't great. Um, so we have a lot of background and um, a lot of what I like to pretend is expertise in Huntington's yeah, because we live it. Absolutely, and don't you worry about the the delay or anything like that. I <laughs> I deal I deal with it too, being directly affected. So um, so don't worry about that. So let's let's talk about though. Um, the article that your husband wrote about depression during the holidays. Yes, actually, um, I was I was kind of lucky as a person when I was growing up in the 70s. Uh, mental health really wasn't a conversation that a lot of people had. Um, but my parents were both social workers, so we had a lot of conversations about mental health and how to take care of yourself, not just physically but emotionally and mentally. Um, so when my dad developed Huntington's uh, symptoms, the first thing he told me was, if you ever have this, if a pill will help you feel better, take the pill. <laughs> so um, he had been on depression medication for a very long time before that, uh, but, and, and we were super open about it. So when I started feeling uh, the symptoms of depression, I started taking a medication, um, and it had been working, and then recently uh, we moved 
in August to Maryland, and I just noticed I was sleeping more and not having as much energy. Unpacking was more exhausting than it was the last time I moved. Now I know I'm 20 years older, but it just was it, it was time to um, look into maybe changing my medication. And I don't know if it necessarily had anything to do with the holidays, um, but it's always, always worse, I'm, I'm sure, for probably everyone during the holidays, and especially for you, I'm sure, with just losing your father. I'm really sorry about that. Yeah, it's not um, it's not easy, for sure. It's um, I really wanted to skip Thanksgiving, and Thankfully, my kids are a good distraction for Christmas since they're young, and um, we can focus on on them and uh, and making sure that they have a good Christmas. But, but Thanksgiving was definitely hard, especially um, since my dad loved food, and so um, <laughs> he always loved Thanksgiving for that reason. And we had specific dishes that, you know, we would eat like noodle kugel and, and things like that and I couldn't even bring myself to to do any of that. So it was it was difficult for sure. I understand that. Um my dad passed away uh a few years ago. So I'm not going through that same thing, but the day after Thanksgiving my daughter had um she called it a, a certificate signing. She got married. Um to her longtime boyfriend, and it was kind of just devastating to not have my father there. So I'm sorry, I completely no, understand. Fine. Yeah, that's they hard. Were really close. Yeah, they were really close when she was little. He would take her to the library, and so I, I get it. But I can tell you that the longer things go, the easier it is to deal with. You know, when my dad passed away, we didn't really talk about it. We were sad. And then the next few years, we talked about it, and we were sad. And then a few years after that, like, we could talk about him in a in a manner that was, you know, dad would love this, or dad would have thought that was hilarious, or even on Saturday when Lexi was um, – Lexi's my daughter – was uh, decorating, she was standing on things that she should not have been standing on. And I was able to say, your your grandfather is rolling over in his grave because this <laughs> is unsafe. And so, like, we were able to joke about it now when – so it does, it does get better. I mean, you still miss them, but – oh, And yeah, I can imagine sure. what you're going through because you were, you were a caregiver, so that's a – it's something that kind of for a long time defines you. Right. I mean, it's just, it's part of like your everyday life. You take care of your children, you take care of your dad, you, you know, you go to the grocery store. It's, it's just part of who you are. And when that stops, like there's a big part of you that just kind of goes missing, not just the person, but the action of caregiving. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what are you doing I, with your um with your depression? How are you dealing with that? Um so I did talk to my therapist about how I was feeling and I went up on my medication a little bit. Um and you know, she said it's just a it's a way to get through the holidays with um 
with everything that's going on. Um, so I just think it's a really, I, I love what you, what you did because you were aware enough to know that you needed to go up on, on your medication. And um, I think that's a huge part of those beginning symptoms, right? Being willing to acknowledge that I'm not okay, you know, and, and being able to talk to a therapist and say, well, no, things are not okay and I, I need help with it and getting on medication when it's needed. So I, I have a lot of respect for the fact that, um, that you knew you weren't okay and you did something about it. Yeah, it, it's definitely, it, it was definitely difficult, I think, at first because it, as much as my dad was always open about it, it was always difficult to face the fact that you're not like superwoman because, you know, superwoman um, doesn't need medication. Superwoman doesn't feel bad. Superwoman doesn't need to go and see take care of herself because she's taking care of everyone else. So so the first step to to even start medication was a little more difficult and I and I think part of that was also, you know, with Huntington's running in your family I'm sorry, I never talk about this stuff. Um with Huntington's running in your family, as you know, you you realize that the first step is depression. Mm-hmm. Or you know one one of the first indicators that you have. I'm so sorry um, that You're fine. you have You're fine. Huntington's is depression. So um, it's a little hard to kind of admit at first that you do have the depression because you realize that there's a possibility that you could be gene positive. Mm-hmm. But I think it's yeah. really important for people especially with um, HD who run in their families to get help before it gets to the point where they can't get out of bed and they can't find the way to get to the doctor or they can't find a way to talk to themselves. And I, I think that's so dangerous. Absolutely. So I, yes, I, I, I totally I'm, agree with that. I'm glad I'm able to do that. And I'm really lucky that I have the family that I have my husband, Carlos, is great. Like, if I, I talk to him about anything, he's supportive. My daughter's like, you know, you moved. You probably should get a new therapist. <laughs> you know, so it, it, it's it's helpful to have the people in your life kind of push you when you don't always necessarily know that you need a good push. Right. Yeah, Absolutely. And Jill, do you have other things that you do, um, you know, to kind of help with the depression once you realize that you're starting to go down that uh, that path? Um, I, I started. I had. I have to admit, um, I had been in a job for the. I was a school secretary for ten years, so a lot of the time I would get home and I would be tired and I wouldn't do things and. So luckily this time when we moved, I I haven't been working. So I've been able to get off the couch and exercise more. Um, Like I said, I have a a daughter who is 24 and she lives in Boston. So we have, even if we don't talk on the phone, we have a a lunch date every day that we both exercise at the same time. So like we have, you know, you, you feel bad if the other one, if you don't do it because they're doing it and you have to do it together. So um 
there was that. And uh, once the medication kind of started working a little bit more, I was able to see that I really wasn't, um, my diet wasn't great. I was eating a lot of fast food because, you know, when you have depression, cooking is another thing that just requires so much effort. So, right? Um, yes. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> like, I, I deleted all the, you know, the Uber Eats and the Door Dashes. I, I deleted them all off my phone. I was like, okay, so I'm going to take the first step. Um, so, even if I have to eat out, I have to at least get in a car and go somewhere. <laughs> But, um, no, I, I started going to the grocery store, and, and I'm really trying to make a physical change as well as just the emotional change because I, I don't think it can be sustained if you have one and not the other. Right. What do you do? That's a good question. Right now, nothing because um, <laughs> I feel so busy. But I can totally relate to – just not having the energy to cook anything or um, really do much else. Um, you know, I I am doing the best I can with making sure my kids aren't affected by my grief and, um, and depression and making sure that, um, you know, that I stay busy for them. But I tell you, it's not easy. Um, you know, it's not, it's not easy to, get up some days and, and do what I need to do. So, um, you know, I do it for them. That's really, they're my motivation. This is good. It doesn't hurt though to let them see you suffer, like not suffer per se, but to feel sad. I realized when Lexi was little, I, yeah. Uh, tended to keep my emotions inside and because like I said you you feel like you have to be super mom and oh, so like I said I'm sorry I'm like I, I've never talked about this stuff out loud so I mean I have to therapists and you know the column but like I've never actually verbalized it in such a manner um so Lexi looked at me one day and she goes, you know, you don't have to pray in the shower. It's okay to be sad. So I, I realized at that moment that just being tough for her wasn't enough. Like I thought what I was doing was protecting her, and I realized that I wasn't. I wasn't showing her how to, how to deal with the emotions. I wasn't showing her how to um, say, I'm really sad, and it's okay to just be sad. That was the hardest thing I had to deal with because I don't ever feel like I should be sad. I feel like you should just be happy because you're alive and grateful that you wake up every day. But I realized that that was just not – and I, I can tell you now, she's probably just as bad as I was then. <laughs> but I tried. I tried to show her that, uh, like, as women, we, we don't have to be that way. That it, it's okay to, like, just fall apart every once in a while. And what it well, taught I- us was we kind of just fell apart, and, and we would just be okay with being sad. And then we would kind of just, realize that in in embracing that sadness we were able to deal with it so much better and it, it just 
And I think sometimes it it brought us closer together. I'm not saying you do that. I'm just saying that was something that was so hard to like understand for me. And I've got to say how much I appreciate, you know, I know you said that you, you haven't verbalized this to others other than a therapist. So I really appreciate you coming on and sharing this stuff. And um, it means a lot to me. Um, And you know, I just have such respect for that because I do think you're right. I think by acknowledging, um, you know, the feeling and, and even with grief, just acknowledging that it's there makes it a little bit easier to deal with. Um, and then I don't feel so alone. So um, you're right, just just allowing yourself to be that way and not feeling like – like, um, you know, for me, it's, I don't want to be a bad mom, right? Like, I don't want to mess up my kids. My kids are really young, and I I don't want them to think that I can't handle stuff. But at the same time, they have to learn that even mommy gets sad and has to has to deal with it. So um, yeah. I, I love that you said that. I hate that feeling that we feel that I'm going to be a bad mom if I it's a it's a crazy concept that we have done to ourselves here i I always joked with Lexi like I know I'm giving you couch time with your therapist by doing this or i i i realize like it's it's so we put so much pressure on ourselves as moms to not be that bad mom like that I think sometimes we forget that we're that we're not perfect that and and I think and this is going to not be the most popular thing I think as moms and I remember from when Lexi was little that we tend to judge each other a little harsh and I think that fear kind of 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 being judged as a bad mom is is so it's it's smothering and so when you're dealing with depression the fact that like in your head you're like I'm going to be a bad mom because I'm depressed and and the only way you're going to be a bad mom is if you don't find out what you need you know like what you need to take care of yourself and so I'm so sorry you feel that pressure oh I think you know you're right we we tend to put the pressure on ourselves and it is that that feeling of somebody's going to judge that we're doing it the wrong way. But um, but it's also, I think, being part of an HD family, it's that fear of, um, you know, I, I, I'm exhausted and I know I have a reason to be angry when my child has hit me in the face, but if I feel anger, does that mean I have HD, right? Like, am I being irrational because could it be HD and not wanting the negative parts of HD to affect my kids. But at the same time, the really wrong way to think of things um, because even everybody gets angry and everybody gets frustrated. And if my son hit me in the face, you know, he's less than two. He hits me in the face because he's angry. He's just expressed his anger. So why can't I express if I'm angry? (laughs) You know, it's right. It's just a weird mindset. They're really good at expressing anger, too. Yeah. They're like experts at that. So, yeah, I understand. So, do you, 
do you have like an uh, do you have um anyone that's a when I think that way, um, I talk it out with my husband, and I say, like, I need to know, because I, I do have some crazy thought processes, too. I think, like you said, being part of an HD family, you literally just, I think you look at every aspect of every part of your life under a microscope. Because you're like, oh, this is gonna, this is this is gonna happen to me. I'm gonna, you know, three quarters of my family became alcoholics. I'm gonna do that. Or if I have a drink, am I gonna become an alcoholic? Or like, right. I, I think that we, it, I'm sorry, I don't know a whole huge amount about you. I, I couldn't listen. I can't listen to Carlos when he talks about being a caregiver because it's just, it's so raw. So. Have you been tested? Yes, I'm positive. Are you positive? Um, but I'm, yeah, okay. I'm pretty symptomatic. Yeah. And I think there's another problem there, too. I think that we, with, with Huntington's, I think so much more happens before the physical symptoms happen. Right. That yep. we don't look at it as we have Huntington's. We just constantly worry what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but then you feel guilty because you think, wait a sec, I'm not enjoying this moment because my life's shooting shorter. And so I should be enjoying this moment. So, like, am I, like, doing the right thing? And, and is it okay to be mad? Because, you know, I should just be grateful that I'm alive because, you know, I'm not going to be here as long as everyone else. And, um I think it's so much, I think the the difficulty of knowing that you're either, you have the possibility of having it or that you are gene positive, I I don't think it ever doesn't cloud your thought process. Do you feel that way? Yes, and I feel like one of the things you just said, um, you said that, you know, we have this idea that we should, enjoy every moment, right? Because we're told to enjoy every moment. We're told, you know, we should be happy. And I had a researcher recently tell me, and I loved that she told me this, um, because I was telling her about my kids, and she said, you know, everybody told me that I should enjoy every moment, but let me be honest with you, I didn't. I didn't enjoy every single moment, because not every moment is good, and that's okay. And to hear a mom say that to tell me that it was okay not to jo- uh, to enjoy every moment it really made me think about everything else right like how many times do I tell myself well like you said I should be grateful or um, I should be enjoying this but I'm not and I keep telling myself and I make myself guilty and then I cause myself to spiral well so finally I start telling myself it's okay that I that I don't feel you know, like I'm not enjoying this right now or I'm not happy right this this second. That's okay um, because that's normal. Yeah, because otherwise you wouldn't be living your life. Right. Well, and we You'd would never really, from... if we enjoyed every single moment, we would never really appreciate the moments that are really great. Um, exactly. You just can't. Like you have to have. In order to have one, you have to have the 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 downside. 
um, to know the difference, right? Like if you don't know the difference, you don't know if something's bad or good. Um, you, so you yeah. got to have it. Yeah. And and I think what you're doing is just really great because it's giving people um, – it's making people not feel alone. You're talking about things that people don't generally talk about and that need to be talked about. And and I think that's just really an amazing thing. I think the researcher that you worked with was really great because being a mom is so tough. Like, it is so tough. And you work. And you have HD. And those are just, like, more things piled on top of it. And I think that hearing, having another mom support you is amazing. I think we need to do that more. I think women need to do that more, and I think parents need to do that more, and I think the HD community needs to do that more. Instead of rah, 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 we need to just sometimes sit down and go, here are the bad things, but we all experience them, and you're not alone, and it's okay. Yeah, for sure. And I just really appreciate, too, that you said that, and um, I appreciate that you came on here and basically bared your soul, and, um, you know, I know that's hard, and um, but it's so needed, and um, and just what I needed to hear, too, especially after today with a, with a crazy day. So thank you so much. No, thank you. I didn't think I – I didn't ever realize I needed to talk about those things. So thank you for giving me a chance to say them. Absolutely, anytime. Um, and and I'm going to end the show there. I do want to let everybody know that Help for HD has their holiday programs open. They've got a JHD holiday program. Um, there's the um, Help for the Holiday program, and there's the Help for the Holidays um, where – families will receive $100 to go towards a holiday meal. So you can find those things on help4hd.org. It's H-E-L-P, the number 4, hd.org. And actually register for those things. They're really great programs. Um, Katrina and Katie will get back to you as soon as they possibly can. I know um, things are crazy right now uh, with the holidays, but... um, amazing programs. My family benefited from uh, one of the programs several years ago, um, you know, when dad was having a really rough time. So I absolutely recommend going on there and registering. Um, And um, again, Jill, thank you so much for coming on and talking to me about depression and grief during the holidays. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I'm always here if anyone needs to talk. Thanks. Everybody take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to visit www.help4hd.org and sign up for our email newsletter to stay up to date on all that is going on at Help for HD. Get social with us and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and subscribe to Help for HD TV on YouTube and ring the bell for notifications. 